song means it is once again time for the geek wolfpack podcast this is a special event this is a two-part episode uh it'll be episodes 101 and 102 um where <clears throat> i get a chance to interview a couple of folks a couple of gamers who have played uh game of the year nominee argue, argument could be made you know depending on which award show you're watching that you know, whether or not it should have won it already um, the Last of Us Part Two, and this is going to be about the game itself, the experience, the storytelling, uh, and and the emotions that go with it all. The guests are Thermal Wolf, Brandon Kelly, our our usual co-host, uh, T Morris from uh, the Shared Desk Podcast, as well as Happy Hour from the Tower, our Destiny Podcast, uh, and then Blind Gamer Steve Saylor, uh, who you can find in YouTube.com/slash Snowball um, for his talk about accessibility, uh, et cetera. That's a big topic in this, in this particular, uh, in this particular set of shows. So these go a little long, but I think the guys had a lot of good things to say. And I definitely can tell you that they had some serious, like emotional moments. So I hope you enjoy, uh, without any further ado, this is the last of us part two special and, uh, geek out. Good evening, chat. How are you all tonight? I am the Tea Monster, and I am joined by a rabble-more of vile confederates, as they say by uh, Shakespeare's terms. But these are some of the best friends you can have in your corner. I'm actually going to completely fade out the music and turn the show over now to Nick Kelly. Uh, Rev3, dude, as you know him in my chat, but uh, I am doing the backup recording. Nick is handling all the heavy lifting. Tonight is a very special stream. I'm excited to host it. I'm excited to host it. It is the recording of the Geek Wolfpack podcast. So I think, Nick, uh, why don't you go on ahead and take over the reins, let people know what the Geek Wolfpack podcast is and uh, what we're doing here tonight. Okay. And then uh, the other other two folks can get themselves off mute and introduce themselves also. But uh, Absolutely. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> I am, as always, your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly, uh, of the Geek Wolfpack podcast, which is a podcast that... Our little Geek Wolf Pack does, even pre-COVID, uh, which is uh, Mama Wolf, which is Dr. Stacia Kelly, my wife, and Thermal Wolf, who's with us here tonight, Brandon Kelly. And we're a uh, pop culture podcast that talks about the things that we think we think. And, and I, I take full responsibility for making this happen because... <laughs> read about it in Podcasting for Dummies. Fourth edition coming next week. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is a this is a rather unique thing in that there are three of you who are avid gamers who um, all finished a game that left some serious emotional experiences, <laughs> and and so that was uh, I, I, as soon as all three of you finished, I said we're getting together and we're and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys some questions about the game. So. Um, Brandon, why don't you introduce yourself, and then you can pass it to Steve. Uh, okay. I'm Brandon Kelly, also known as Thermal Wolf Online. Um, I spend most of my time playing video games or doing homework. Um, <laughs> and I usually finish a lot of games right around the time they come out, and I have a lot of chances to play a bunch of different games. So I give my thoughts on those on, on this podcast. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Steve. Uh, hi, I'm Steve Saylor, uh, commonly known as a uh, blind gamer. I play with uh, this knucklehead down here, uh, T. Morris, uh, every Thursday night. Uh, we play Destiny together, but uh, I'm a accessibility advocate and consultant. I've worked with studios such as Ubisoft, EA, and what we're going to be talking about today, uh, most recently, Naughty Dog, uh, for The Last of Us Part 2. And, uh, yeah. Outstanding. All right. So, uh, I don't know how well the, this guy under me is going to come across on the audio of the podcast. Uh, just It's because he's in a window underneath your window. Not He's not physically under you. Let's get that out of the way right now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, so again, uh, all of you had a chance to experience this sort of uh, dystopian future where there's a lot of, uh, you know, warring factions and, and, and emotional turmoil. Um, but enough about Election Day. Let's talk about The Last of Us Part 2. I <laughs> 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 love it. Geek Wolfpack Co- Podcast. We are your break from the every from the everyday horrors yes. of, of election. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, so first, first question is open to everybody. Uh, when did you complete it? And are you back to air quote normal yet? God. My God. <laughs> um, shall I kick it off? I'll kick it off. Okay. Um, so... So first off, everybody, uh, for those listening on the Geek Wolfpack podcast, uh, I'm T. Morris. I'm a longtime friend of the Kelly family. Uh, they know me as the great enabler. You may know me as Twitch Dad, T. Monster, and uh, or just plain T. And along with uh, playing video games, I'm a writer of science fiction and fantasy. I write some with my wife. I write some solo. And I'm also the author of books like Podcasting for Dummies, Discord for Dummies, and Twitch for Dummies. On my stream... I have this thing called the Friday fun run and the words fun and the last of us part two usually aren't words that you use together, but I'm going to get to that a little later in this. But, uh, the, the thing is that I make my, uh, my Friday fun run something other than destiny related gaming because, um, because people know me for playing destiny and, uh, I have been playing, uh, more or less every Friday since its release. Um, the last of us part two on my Friday mornings, and I can say that I'm the last of the three of them to uh, the three of us to finish it because I finished it literally four days before this recording. So I finished it. Uh, I finished it October 30th, 2020. That is when I finished. The At game. least it's fresh in your mind. It is very fresh in my mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. Am I back to normal between between finishing the last of us and this election? It's the words. The word "normal" is going to be a relative term in my life for a long, long time. You know what I like okay. about that? What you just said. You, you didn't even mention the pandemic that's going on at the same time. Like it was just the game and the election are yeah, you know not more relevant. <laughs> and I will tell you why, because I started the original Last of Us when the pandemic arrived to to the United States, and I said, "God, I hope I'm not like tempting fate right now." Um, but yeah, that's that. So so since the since the beginning of COVID. I have been playing The Last of Us. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> let me, uh, before the other two answer, let me just say this, because I think we forgot to say it up front. The game came out in June. It is November. There will be spoilers, and yeah. if you don't want to yeah. be spoiled because you haven't played the game yet, and what these three chuckleheads say makes you really want to go play the game, um, don't listen to the rest of this. Come back when you're done. There you go. And throughout this podcast, you're going to hear me uh, field some questions that I'm going to pass on to Nick in, in audio. So, Nick, just uh, we have a question concerning Steve that he can think about uh, at the end of the um, at the end and for open Q and A 
Uh, one of them is uh, how how much of the game did you get to play while consulting with Naughty Dog? So if you can mm. make a note of that, Nick, and just kind of table that for later, we can go ahead and do that. Okay. Yep. All right. So that's when I finished it. Uh, who wants to take it next? Steve can go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I can't remember the exact date, um, but I do know it was uh, before like public release, so before June 19th, because I did receive a review copy uh, of the game um, beforehand. So uh, I think I, I finished it probably, I would say, because review the review embargo for that game was June 12th. I hadn't finished the game completely as of that point, um, but I definitely finished it in between the 12th and the 19th when it when it released. And am I back to normal? Uh, define normal. Uh, and, to be, to be uh, fair, also... to, to be fair, Steve, the game had an effect on you at the very beginning. And that was what went viral. Let's be honest, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I meant. It's like, well, okay. I, I don't think my life has been normal ever since. So I'm going to ask you about that because uh, that's coming up. Yep, sure. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. What about you, Brandon? Uh, I finished by the way, it. And by yeah. the way, Brandon, fly jacket. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> for any of people wondering, this is the jacket, the raid jacket you got for completing the Garden of Salvation the first week it came out. Ooh, which I completely nice. cheated. I only did the boss fight, but you know what? That hey. means like one sleeve. It, exactly. <laughs> jacket, jacket. Yeah. Get like the sock, okay, the okay. one sock, the raid sock. <laughs> Just the buckle of the belt. Um, so I finished it the Sunday after it came out publicly. And I was definitely awestruck by the story because it was there were a few big new things that I hadn't seen before uh, in their development and the whole what came of it. And I think it was definitely a turning point, especially in the accessibility stuff, because that menu could probably be looked at for over an hour and change your gameplay experience entirely. Um. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that, Steve. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> no, that question is coming. Don't you all, worry. It wasn't know, all just me. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It so wasn't. I think it I, wasn't all just me. I'm back. But we're going to give you credit normal, for it, nonetheless. But... <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. So, so let me. I, go ahead. I'm back to normal, but okay. you know. Let me level so. set with everybody, which is just out of the three of you, who who played the original game, the original last. I did. I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've watched the whole playthrough on it, but I never. Oh, okay. It. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, Steve, this is for you since you're the accessibility champion here. It's a two-part question. So, how does this compare with the first game? Ooh. And and what are the what are if you had to kind of just pick a couple of the standout accessibility features in in part two, what would they be? Oof. Well, in wow. comparison to the first game, night and day. Um, and not to say that the the original was bad for accessibility. Um. But it just it it, it was it, to give context at the time uh, when the game came out in 2013, accessibility wasn't a topic of conversation pretty much anywhere. Um, so it was a time when basically the PlayStation 4 was just about to come out. Uh, so it was because it, it was originally released on the PlayStation 3. So it was something that um, they had a sort of stuff that was built in, like larger text and and subtitles and stuff like that, but nothing really. Uh, stand out as far as accessibility uh, in that, but um, when it, when you're talking about The Last of Us Two, uh, the features that I 
really enjoyed and uh, thought was amazing. Uh, I usually kind of like to give like at least my favorite four, one of which is high contrast mode, where what it'll do is sort of kind of turn the world into a bit of a grayscale color. Uh, and then it'll turn <laughs> your, uh, your character and your ally into a shade of blue, enemies into a shade of red, and items and interactive uh, things in the in the environment will t uh, turn a shade of yellow, and it's designed to be where you can know where things are uh, at any given point. And actually, it was a holdover from Uncharted Four. Uh, it was a mode that you would unlock it once you completed the game called Thief Mode, where it allowed you kind of to sneak around and, and take out enemies in in certain combat scenarios. Uh, but essentially, all they did was just made everything grayscale, turned you, Nathan, as uh, blue, your enemies in red. And a lot of people said, hey, this would be a really great accessibility feature. So Naughty Dog took that out of Uncharted 4 and put it into The Last of Us 2 and expanded it so that it was uh, available for colorblind users and uh, added a few extra features onto that. Another feature I loved was the zoom feature. So it, it, it was the first game that I really kind of saw that fully utilized the touchpad uh, in, in more ways than just the specifically the zoom feature. But if you turn it on, if you double tap on the touchpad, it'll zoom in to anywhere on the screen. And depending on what sort of size magnification you set it at, it will like zoom into that point and you can move, use your finger basically to slide around the touchpad. Uh, so you can slide around the screen and see what you need to see. And it would be helpful for times when if you're looking off in the distance and you can't tell whether or not uh, you're looking at a tree or or a clicker, um, that definitely comes in handy and also helps with being able to read text that might be a little bit too small. Um, and then two other things are kind of more audio related uh, that I really enjoy was audio cues. So if you turn that on, there is an audio glossary for every single button uh, that you press on the controller. And there's also uh, generally a sound effect for anything that you're kind of interacting with. So for instance, if you go up towards a rope, what it will do is it'll play the sound effect to let you know to be able to play it, to, to press the X button and, or the cross button, whichever you call it. And then it will proceed it uh, with a sound of a rope so that you know, if you're completely blind, you can basically know that there is a rope nearby and you can be able to climb up it by pushing X. So there's an audio glossary that kind of does that for everything. And there's also audio cues for when you uh, are about to uh, sneak up on an enemy, when you're about to stealth kill an enemy, when you actually completely finish killing an enemy for, from a stealth kill. Uh, also, when you're coming in and out of a cinematic, uh, there's a, an amazing uh, audio glossary. And then lastly, the uh, text-to-speech functionality, where every single piece of text that's on screen is uh, readable via a uh, a virtual narrator, and you can and, and they actually put even in the special uh, kind of language and vocabulary that The Last of Us likes to use. So uh, it is is read like you can read it out, or you don't have to read it out uh, any text. You can basically just have it read to you, um, and that's amazing for for blind players. Um, and those are just some of the sixty plus accessibility options that are in this game that's huge that's a lot man like, uh, so would you say, so would you say this this is a groundbreaking game ah uh, that's putting it mildly um okay i mean I, it sounds and that i don't i'm not saying that i'm not asking that as a softball i mean that sincerely it seems like this is less a this is less of groundbreaking more of just innovation 
and, and this is let's 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 I'll, I'll put it in, in this way. Um, not only I say it is the most accessible game we've ever had, um, ever in the industry, <clears throat> but also we'll be talking about accessibility in the industry, like accessibility before The Last of Us and accessibility after The Last of Us. They leapfrogged the industry so far ahead that it is literally it is literally going to take years for other studios to try to catch up to where they are like where they are now and you were part of that so let's just make that clear yeah, everybody a little bit yeah you were there part you of that. yeah <laughs> props big props it's not just groundbreaking in terms of accessibility even the the ai and the way that the combat worked where every enemy had a specified name had a specified mm -hmm. personality and a patrol route that was known by the other enemies was super crazy in terms of just enemy AI because hitting like killing a specific enemy and then hearing someone else shout Jessica or Emily or something yeah yeah and that like knowing they had their name like like Legion has worked towards that because every character has a name for Watch Dogs Legion and every character is like a, a set NPC, but I think Last of Us was definitely a stepping stone in terms of that and the way that they incorporated it. I have mm -hmm. thoughts about that as well, but I'm not going to steal from Nick's Thunder because I have a feeling it's going gonna, it's gonna to be addressed. Um, but the, that little aspect uh, I, would, I would like to build on later in the discussion, uh, especially when it comes to the themes of, of this game and, and the reaction and the reaction from okay. the gaming community. Right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so this this game set about four years after the, the the original game, right? Which is pretty close to the development time in real time because it was about six years. So let's start at the beginning of the game. Think about how the, how it opens. Um, are you okay with how these characters were introduced or reintroduced for those who you played the original? Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it was it was checking up on them, and I noticed that. I noticed that um, that, uh, that 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 there was there was some tension between Joel and and Ellie and I. <laughs> this is the, I think this is my biggest problem with with the Last of Us and the Last of Us Part Two, in in the Last of Us in the original Last of Us I was I was like mentally putting my daughter in the place of Ellie, um, and and that was really kind of and not just Elle, but I mean. Joel's original daughter at the at the opening of The Last of Us, I I literally at the op after the opening of The Last of Us, I thought to the original, I thought to myself, what have I gotten myself into? And I think with The Last of Us Part Two, it was even even more emotional experience because Elle is very close to the age that Sonny is now, that my daughter is now. So when I saw the tensions there, I was like, okay, she's going through something as a teenager. I took. No offense, Brandon. I totally, I totally understand it. I totally get it. Some, you know, you have good days with your with, with your teenagers. You have bad days with your teenagers. That's cool. I totally get that. Um, and in a weird way, I was I was relieved that things were going in the direction that they went. But I said, well, that ain't gonna last long. Uh, so I, I I felt eased back into the world, and and I and I realized how much I had missed these characters. Uh, L, Joel, Tommy, all of them. It was it was like it was like reuniting with people, and I, and I and I I love that. F you, naughty dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Either of the other two got an opinion or we'll move on? Um, yeah, I think <laughs> in a way, um, what I liked about the opening of this was that they didn't, that Naughty Dog didn't try to create another uh, jaw-breaking opening like they did in the, in the original. Um, I don't think that, like, if they tried, it would not have done it uh, the, the original justice, I think. And because uh, that opening to the uh, to the game was probably the most emotional I've ever been in a uh, beginning of a game ever. And I was like, oh, this is the journey we're going to go on. Fan effing tastic. All right, let's go. Um, and, and so with this one, what I liked about it was that it's it, it set it up for, from the events of the uh, of the end of the last game and it kind of in this sort of like in in, a, in its sort of way of recapping the uh, the first game where uh Joel is talking to talking to Tommy and basically telling him about what happened at the hospital and they I, I liked as well they kind of recreated it so in a way it was kind of like we had a, like a bit of a remaster uh of the original with we got to see like all like the updated graphics of the of that scene in the in the hospital uh and in in the beginning or at the end of the last one or the first it, it was it was kind of decided for you what that ending was supposed to be um it, it was it was something that uh at the time was a little bit controversial for for naughty dog to do but because some people might have uh, preferred to be able to make that choice themselves and i wouldn't blame them specifically but i would say nope that is the story they wanted to tell and i'm i was okay with that choice and what I liked about this is that mm. it kind of now we get to see the aftermath of that choice. And that's what I was hoping that the game was going to do uh, with, with the sequel. And uh, I'm glad they kind of stuck with it and kind of explored that a little bit. And uh, I I thought it was it was definitely a good opening. And I don't know if you want to include up until the kind of the big crux of the first act as sort of the opening of the game. Uh, then I guess yeah, you're gonna get a kind of a pretty uh, a pretty heart wrenching uh, kind of uh, opening. But I don't know. I think we're gonna uh, get there. I think we definitely did what it what it what it was set out to do. Okay, right. yeah, we're definitely gonna get there. <laughs> uh, so let me ask you some continuity questions real quick because because there's two that come to mind. So reading through it all, you have uh, Seraphites, you have the WLF, you have Rattlers, you have Fireflies. We're probably T. You could probably answer this first. Were there too many subplots going on, or did they manage to keep it all cohesive in the writing? The the one that I would say I was the most disappointed in were the Rattlers. I felt like they were there because we needed we needed another big bad, and I mean, and it was kind of telegraphed when she said, "Oh, that's some that's some weird graffiti." I'm like, "Come on!" I, I there were a couple of times where I felt like, um, uh, Abby was a little too naive i mean for her to for her or, or just there were some things that abby did that made me go come on Ab abby's a little more with it than that she would have seen that and gone that's an insignia that's an that that's not graffiti that because and she's because i remember thinking wait you think that's weird graffiti abby come on come on i have played you i know you would have known that was that was, I, that was I kind of would disagree a little bit on that um because there's only two worlds that abby knew the hospital and the WLF. Fair and enough. I think, I think that like the, so the naivete the of everything. Yeah. Well, she was, well, she was with, with the fireflies, fireflies, but she wasn't, and, she was, 
she wasn't like in the day to day like she was with the WLF. Like she was there. You, you could tell that she was going through some training in, in a little bit in the Fireflies, but she really didn't even go through training like full hardcore until yeah. she until she joined the WLF. So but, I, I get I get what right. you're talking about. I I probably would have thought the same thing too. But I think yeah. she was a bit. Uh, she was probably just as sheltered as as Ellie would have been. I I felt like they were. I felt like the Rattlers were somewhat tacked on. But I also and yeah. I also enjoyed um, I enjoyed the Rattlers from one that they felt more honest than any of the other factions that you run into apart from the clickers uh, in that there's this one particular scene where this guy was taught with this this big burly dude was talking smack and he was just all all uh, you know all strutting and like and like, like yeah you know I'm I'm the I'm the ma- alpha male here. And the minute, the moment, the moment that Ellie got a hold of the machine gun and took out his kneecaps, he's like, wait, 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 I'll talk, I'll talk, I'll talk. I'm like, you know what? I appreciate your honesty, dude. I appreciate you. And you know what? I'm going to gift you a sub. Don't forget to, to mash that follow button. And hey, like and subscribe. I mean, it was it was just this, this, this brutal honesty of him swaggering around. And the moment he was in trouble, he was begging for his life. And he was willing to, to barter anything so that he could walk away from it. And, um, but I, I, I think that, um, while I understood the purpose of the Rattlers at the same time, I was like, we could have made, we could have kept that as the Seraphites. We could have kept, I, I, we could have kept that as, as a faction of the Seraphites, if you will. But, um, I didn't, it, it, it was the one thing I said, okay, so we got somebody new to contend with. Okay. Um, I was, but, 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 you know, in now that I'm looking back on it, when you think about what happened with the Fireflies and what happened with all these different factions, there could have easily been a, a faction very similar uh, to WLF and to the Fireflies a break off, and it's just a bunch of bikers going, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna take the full on Negan route," and um, and I and I totally so so I, I I understood it. I didn't quite like it, but I was like, "Okay, we're you know, let's do this. Let's let, let let's let's get to know the Rattlers." for however long we have left in this game. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree with you in the regards of the Rattlers. I thought, like, I, I could definitely see where people, people would say, like, it's kind of tacked on uh, on it. And I was like, yeah, okay. I could see that they were trying to kind of build out a more, like, fleshed-out world in that there are factions pretty much everywhere now. Yeah. And the Rattlers was just one that you had to contend with. And uh, But I think I think probably, yeah, I would agree that it's, it just seems like because you kind of rushed through that section in a way... Mm-hmm. It it definitely kind of felt like it was a bit hollow yeah. uh, mm-hmm. than than it, sh- compared than it should. Compared to been. yeah, especially yeah. when you compare it to the things that we'd gone through, not just with the WLF, but also with the Seraphites and things like. That. Yeah, if it was like maybe like another like uh, survival city kind of or like town or whatever, like Jackson would have been, mm-hmm. I probably would have been like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like Santa Bar- like Santa Barbara was. The town, like the 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 town that people just sort of hold up in, and uh, if without necessarily calling it the Rattlers, but you know, I uh, I yeah, I could I could see where people would think that. Tiny. Yeah. Okay. Um. So at one point, you switch who you're playing, right? You have to play as a completely different protagonist, and was that something that you expected? And did it make you suddenly like? take take a step back and kind of lose the the you know the state of the game so to speak brandon why don't you answer i can't wait to hear what brandon says about this why don't you answer first i've been itching to hear this from his perspective yeah so when that happens 
it's right after a very intense moment like like they find each other the t the two main characters and then it goes back to a flashback and pans down and instead of being ellie it's abby and that's so crazy <laughs> i that caught me so off guard i was like is this really the time for a flashback and then it showed it was her and i was like this is what we're doing now okay <laughs> um i think it was a crazy ballsy move on naughty dog's part to make you humanize with everyone that you had just killed and mm -hmm. gone through to to fight against and seeing things from abby's perspective and it was wild <laughs> What about you two? Uh, I will say this, uh, and this is kind of a bit of a behind the scenes of when I was consulting with them. I didn't know the about the about the switch. Um, I didn't even get a chance to see or play as Abby uh, at all. Wow! Uh, because I, I I love that 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 Naughty Dog kind of even kept that a secret even from us consultants. I think probably a few of the consultants that were like a little bit later on in the, in the development process probably got a chance to play the like the game fully. But uh, for me, uh, I I didn't get to I didn't again get that. So when I got to that point in the game. I w at first I was like I hated it because I was like no no why wait why why okay why are we doing this flashback now like seriously why now why are we doing this and then when I saw like when you see the end of that flashback and you realize what it actually was I was like oh okay now I get it okay now I understand why Abby is did what she did now let's go back to now let's go back to the theater i want to go back to the theater let's finish it up and then you continue on as abby i, I, I like i went back to hating it i was like ah, come on i just wanted to know what happened in the freaking theater come on let's do this uh, and then you kind of like play through pretty much the entire uh like like the three days uh as abby and and I slowly started to really love it again until to the point where you do get to go back uh, to the theater. And then I had a completely different perspective on that entire scene. And uh -huh. it definitely made its uh, made its point. It's like, okay, yeah, all right, fine. There are two sides. Okay, I get it. I get it. You hooked me. And, you, you, and well done, Naughty Dog. And yeah, F well you. Well done, Naughty Dog. Well done, and F you, Naughty Dog. Um, one of the things that we that we we kind of glossed over is that we we were kind of given a, a almost a, a a warning shot, if you will, that this was going to happen because at one point we are playing Abby, but here's the difference, and this is where I this is where I really commend Naughty Dog, and this is where I I um I I I I, I feel like this is what really pissed off a lot of gamers when we first played Abby, we didn't know who she was. She was just some nameless, faceless character. And all we knew about her was that she was part of some uh, renegade Firefly group. And they were apparently looking for Joel. She was That's... built like a house. And she was built like a house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a very sexy brick house. And, yeah. um, and, and so you've got this. And so we don't know a thing about Abby. And... And so when so so when when the uh, when the first big moment of the game happens, where you watch this nameless, faceless character slaughter—that's the only way you can describe it—slaughter one of your one of the most beloved characters probably ever created in video gaming. You're just like the hell, and all and and you are driven. You are freaking driven to 
to waste her, to waste her. And you are through the entire game. Then Naughty Dog goes, all right, we know where we would know. And, and that's the beautiful thing. Naughty Dog's like, we've put you at this point. We have, we have, we have, we have, uh, you know, placed all the pieces. Now we're just going to flip the Monopoly board and have you start all over again. And what, what I, what I found apps and I kept the reason why it took me so damn long to finish this game was I kept pausing it and kept having these diatribes with my, with my chat going, you see, this is what's brilliant. And I started looking at it from a writer's perspective. And meanwhile, the big Marvinsky kept saying, Tay, finish the effing game. And, you know, <laughs> this, you know, if Pip were playing the game, it would already be done. And, uh, you know, but I but I had to talk about this because there were all these little dualities um, as as uh, as L, you would collect the cards as Abby, you collected the coins, you collected the cards as L because it was something that was encouraged by um, by Joel, because Joel kept finding the comic books for you. With with Abby's case, it was the it was the dad who collected coins, and now you're collecting coins because your dad. There were all these dualities, and you suddenly began to realize, even if you tried to use Abby as a bullet sponge in 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 combat situations, you were getting to know Abby, and I think that was something that pissed off gamers because they don't want to get to know the other side. They hmm. want to know where to shoot. They want to know they want to know the target, and they want to waste it. It's pretty, you know, it's it's pretty cut and dry. But as you're as you're you're looking in this world of white hats and black hats, you suddenly find there are all these shades of gray in the middle. Yeah, and I I like to be able to describe it as that this game is very much a you get to, like revenge is it, there are always two sides to a revenge story. There's a, there's that old and the, and there's that old Confucius, uh, I believe it's Confucius that said, uh, before going on a revenge quest, you must first dig two graves. Mm-hmm. And this, this is this is what the game was about. This is what this entire game was was built around. And I remember Marv and I had a big since since, since I mentioned Marv earlier, Marv, uh, who is a regular in my stream and is is a great guy. He said, "Here," and it was the theater scene where the 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 thing is you're still playing Abby. Now you're chasing, and now you're chasing L, and L is trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. And now you're seeing what you've been doing through the majority of the game from the other person's perspective. And you can't be a bullet sponge now because if you want to move forward in the game, you've got to try to take out the character you've been playing. And I'm like, this is ballsy. This is brave. This is, this is nuts. And I loved yep. it. I, I loved it too. Cause it like, uh, cause she uses all the same tricks that you would have used in that situation exactly. if you were Ellie. Yeah. And I that's why I loved it. I was like, ooh, you and sneaky, <laughs> sneaky naughty dog. Sneaky naughty dog. And um and and I I will I will I'm I'm gonna save it for I'm gonna save it for the closer we get to the to, to next questions when we're talking about the end of it. But I will say that my my attitude about about um about going after uh going after um going after Abby changed dramatically because the, the the thing was that even abby had her own journey and and i think i think some some gamers lost that they they, they don't want they don't want to know but things were all we all have our own journeys and the thing was abby was ready to you 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 beat l you beat l in that fight if you want to move forward in the game and you have a chance to take her and her her lover out and l says don't she's pregnant and Abby was ready to just to, to, to slit her throat. And it's Lev 
that says Abby. And it snaps her out of it. And she suddenly realizes, I've lost everything. Because of her actions, she loses her best friend, Manny. She loses her ex. Um, there, there, there's what happens at the aquarium. She has lost everything. And all she has left now is Lev. And Lev is like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? So was it consistent for Abby's character to let to, to, to say to Elle, I'll never want to see you again? And she just leaves him there? Yeah, because Abby, it, it's in the title, The Last of Us. It's not about the survivors. It's about what's left in us as, as human beings at the, end of, at the end of something like this. And man, I, I like I said, I'm going to save it for act for, for my thoughts on act four and how this, this is, uh, how this is affected. But I found that to be a really ballsy move on Naughty Dog's part. And I, I just, I, I applaud them for it because um, it's, it's, it goes back to something that uh, Tom Hiddleston was asked when they said, how do you, how do you feel about playing the villain? And he says, I'm not playing the villain. Loki doesn't think he's a villain. He thinks he's a hero. And that's, that's what villains, in villains' own minds, they all think they're heroes. So, yeah, well done, Naughty Dog, well done. So I have other questions on outside of the game, on reaction stuff that we will get to. Uh, but, all right. but let's stay in the game. And uh, I'll ask all of you, uh, who wants to talk about Joel? Brandon, why don't you go ahead? <laughs> well, I think Brandon, I, I think Brandon should, should come in because – yeah, I want to hear Brandon's thoughts because he didn't play Last of Us Part One, so I really want to know what your thoughts were when when getting to. Did you feel like you got to know Joel? Yeah, I still did because I've I've watched the entirety of the first one played through a YouTuber, which isn't the same thing, but it's it's still the same story being told. It's just not through right my your own yeah you're not controlling yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Um, so I had known him at least as the father figure of the last game. But I knew going into the second one that he could not make it. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been a satisfying ending. Because if Joel makes it out and everything is resolved, then it's not a it's not a Naughty Dog story. And something has to go wrong. There's like <laughs> in in the first Last of Us, there's no way that everything ends up perfect from the way that it began. And like there's so many plights that you have to go through and then super super big choices which aren't actually a choice because there's no way a fung- fungal vaccine would have been made um <laughs> <laughs> uh i think it's just it, it's i knew it had to come and then definitely watching ellie have to watch her father figure get killed in front of her after not giving her not giving joel the chance of redeeming himself after the thing she was mad at him for at the very beginning and technically also the very end um, definitely hit a lot harder than I think a lot of video game deaths would because there's more like like you don't know what you have until you lose it the kind of, that kind of mindset and I don't think Ellie understood that she should have been more grateful because she didn't know, like, the world they live in, she didn't know what could happen. So. It's it's the Han Solo in The Force Awakens, right? Like, why is he there? If he, if, if he's going to make it out, there's no yeah. reason to have that character. Right. As a exactly. Um, for for me, it was, it was, it was really hard. I was, I, I, I admit, when Joel, 
when Joel is is buried, when you see the gravestone, I was like, oh my god, this they're they're really doing this. I was I was completely floored by it, and I I I'm not ashamed to admit it. All I wanted to do was find Abby and get payback. I was ready. I was ready. It was that was that was my objective. That was what I I figured. This is what this is this is my my main point is I'm gonna I'm gonna get justice for Joel. That's all I could think of is getting justice for Joel. Um, and there it was it was a it was a source of of, of deep discussion on 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 my uh, on my stream when it was revealed later on that Joel. Um, that Joel had, you know, obviously I, I knew, I knew when Joel said what he said at the end of the last of us part one, when he said, yeah, there was nothing that they could do. And she just said, okay. Um, I said, that's going to come back to bite him in the ass. And it does. And I, but I, you know, being a father myself, I was siding with Joel. I'm like at, you know, I, I was going to say that, that L wasn't ready to make that kind of a decision for herself. And Joel Joel over, you know, his character, his character's journey in the first one was about, um, was about re rediscovering his, his humanity through this girl that literally becomes his daughter. And, and even though she made it clear to him, I'm not your daughter, but he, you, you, you get that father figure, um, that father figure on and, and it was, it, but, but, yeah, I was I was I was sad to see him go, but I was also proud of Joel at the same time because when he said to uh, um, you know the moment that Abby says to him, I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> Freudian slip. When L says to Joel, um, that was my decision to make, and he says to her, if the Lord if the Lord took me back to that time, I would do it all over again. I'm like, damn it, Joel, yes, because that's what you do as a dad. That's what you do as a dad. Because uh, someone said, I, I, somebody in my chat had said, what if it was Sonny that had been in, in that situation? I would have said, you bet I would have, I would have torn through hell and high water to get her out of that hospital. And nothing would have stopped me. And even if she would have resented it for me later, I would have said the same thing that Joel said, which was, I'd do it all over again. And that's why I, that's why Joel still remains... He remains a soft spot in my heart. He, he it, it, that, was, that was rough to watch, and it was even rougher to see him in the flashbacks. Even rougher to watch him in the flashbacks. Um, for me, did you want me to tell yeah. uh, the story? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Steve has a story that nobody else has. This is great. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, uh, when I when I got uh, when I found out about Joel, um, I was. I was consulting uh, with Naughty Dog. I was at I was at their studio, and um, I didn't know up until that point what had happened uh, to Joel. Um, I didn't I didn't see Joel. I knew that we were going to be playing the game as Ellie. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's what the sequel's going to be like, whatever. Um, but I didn't see Joel. And then um, before uh, I was uh, I had I went to uh, to San Diego. Uh, they. Sony or Sony and Naughty Dog had released a trailer, um, a story trailer for The Last of Us Two, and there was one particular moment in the trailer where uh, essentially Ellie kind of drops <laughs> down in on, on, uh, in sort of like this suburban area, and she gets uh, kind of grabbed from behind, uh, hand over her mouth, and 
she breaks free and she kind of sees who, who it was that held her and she goes um what are you doing here and then the camera switches to a shot of joel and he says you think i will let you do this alone and that's how the end of that trailer so that's all anyone had ever known about the story of uh, of the last of us 2 so when i went to the studio and i was playing it and i actually got to that particular scene in the trailer and did the same thing the cinematic was exactly the same way someone grabs ellie from behind she breaks free she says what are you doing here and then the camera cuts to jesse and basically says the same thing and i'm like hold on wait a second that's that's not joel that and then i'm looking around and i can now see a, a few like naughty dog developers basically standing in behind me just kind of like smiling and nodding and then it like it took me a second and i was like wait a second does that mean does that mean that joel is the one that dies and it, like because in the trailer they kind of made it seem like there was a traumatic event mm -hmm. you, you're sort of led to believe it's supposed to be dina and yeah. i was like wait so that means you killed joel <laughs> and then helpers didn't even say anything they just smile and nodded and i'm like hold on hold on <laughs> You, you, like I was, I was freaking out for a good solid 10, 15 minutes. Uh, at the point where I had to stop, uh, I had to stop playing and set the controller down. I was like, no, 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 I can't. I, I need, I need to take a break. I need to take a break. And I was facing <laughs> the studio, basically back and forth, just trying, like, just trying to get myself past that. And I'm like, I can't believe they did it. They actually did it. They're, they're actually going to do it. And, and I was talking to a few of them. And they're like, yeah, there's definitely going to be a few people that are going to be upset. And I said, I'm you! I'm you? Like, you realize what you did? And they're like, it's yeah. In the, it's in the yeah. name of the developer, baby. It's Naughty Dog. It's not yeah. Nice Dog. It's Naughty Dog. Yeah, and so I didn't, Man. like, officially get to see that uh, get to see that scene um, in uh, until actually when I got to uh, got to play the final version of the game. Now the caveat, or the top actually to top to top off that entire story. Guess which scene they had me play next after I had already I had figured out about Joel. Take a wild guess. Well, I'm assuming they they kept you moving forward in the timeline, so I could only assume that the next big scene would be if you didn't play Abby at. It had to be the one where it had was it the finale? Nope. I I I Ray didn't want to take a guess because I just oh. wanted to hear actually your thoughts. Something with Tommy? Nope. The scene they had me play next after I figured out that it was Joel that was gonna die was the effing museum scene! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! The most charming and heartbreaking oh, scene God. I could ever play. One of that the rare the one. one of the rare sweet moments in that game. The yep. sweetest moment in that game. Oh my god. Yep. Oh, yep. That's the one. oh that That's hurts. The one. Yeah. yeah. Man. And, and, and I think that's probably why I think that is like legit my favorite scene in the entire game. Not it's because it's like, game. okay, really, Naughty Dog, you had to just like, you just keep stabbing <laughs> my heart. Um, but it was, 
it was like it, I was so I, I was very emotional um, playing that entire scene because I just was I was loving every second of it. And in a way, I kind of almost wished that that was the actual scene that you play next. Um, I know it kind of came shortly after the uh, the event, uh, the, the, the death, but um, it was it was such a like an amazing scene to kind of play and i probably wouldn't uh, uh like i wouldn't trade that uh for anything because a, a that like that experience is unique to me um and probably didn't like didn't like no one else in the entire world and that means something special to me um but then even when i jump jumping to when i got to play the game for the first time like the final version and i got to that scene even though knowing exactly what like what was gonna uh, what was gonna happen it still hit me like a ton of bricks it's a wonderful other scene it's a wonderful yeah and i will say i have to give the ultimate props to ashley johnson for uh, the acting that she did in that scene as ellie like my god i well well, i could hear i could hear her crying and yelling in the same tone of voice that i felt in the like i was crying i was yelling i I was feeling the exact same things that uh that ellie was and i could tell that ashley was feeling the exact same thing when she was acting that out and seeing like joel there lying on the ground like that to me Ooh, i wanted to i wanted to rain vengeance upon uh everyone and everything that was in my way and uh it, it really like that's one thing that i applaud this game for is that it really puts you in the exact emotions that the uh that the actual character is in this game there's not one weak link in that cast not one no. weak link um, I mean, and props to, um, I mean, props to the actor uh, and Steve, you probably know the name before I do the actor who plays Joel. Um, uh, Troy Baker. Troy Baker. Yeah. Troy yeah. Baker. I mean, we're talking, he, when he looks in that, in that museum scene, and this is the scene chat where, uh, just so you all know, there's a scene where, where as a, as a present, uh, Joel takes Ellie to a museum and the museum has a mix of both dinosaurs and oddly enough, and it kind of took me out because I'm like, this is the weirdest organized uh, uh, museum ever. But I went with it because I'm a space nerd myself. And Ellie and I are both NASA nerds. And Joel basically nabs a recording of one of the NASA moon launches. And yeah. um, and and he and there's this there's this lovely moment where you as L picks you pick a uh, um, you pick you pick the space helmet. You get into the capsule with Joel. Joel plays the tape for her. She imagines the whole thing. She looks over to Joel and he just, and, I mean, and this is, this is, a, this is the son of a good actor. He had one line after that and it was just, how'd I do? And the, yeah. the, the emotion in those three words just broke me, broke me. Yeah. I just, it's a great scene. It's a great scene. Oh, I loved it. I absolutely love that. I think for me that the biggest uh, moment of it for uh, was was that when she was hearing um, uh, the it was uh, the Apollo Eleven launch, uh, and to me that hit home because that's exact. Like my dad uh, and I have a common uh, one of the common things we we uh, uh, common interests we have is we love anything to do with NASA and space um, and the entire space race, and so. To see that section of the museum and 
and in hearing that uh i was like man that would have like if, if if my dad and i were able to go to nasa as a, like when i was a kid this is pretty much exactly what my dad would have done and uh and that would like that would have meant the world to me um as much as it, it meant it, it meant to ellie and uh, you can tell even as well, because it later on in the game, like you can see on Ellie's backpack, the shuttle pin that yeah. that uh, that that she got from that museum. And uh, and and to even to even to the, the merch side of things, I actually have I don't have uh, uh, with me. I have to uh, find it, but I have the Ellie backpack and it came with that pin. Oh, and, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was that's exactly like that. That that is why I, I that is my favorite scene, and it's probably the one that like will stick with me um, as probably like as just as big of a scene as like that was the last the last this was to the Last of Us two what the giraffe scene was in the Last of Us one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so other deaths in in the game because there are some, right? Think, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a handful. Several. There's a handful that I that I could name. <laughs> handful of deaths. Yeah. Handful of deaths. Uh, any of those kind of just like, whoa, where did that come from? Or, or you know, was there a, like a huge reaction? Was there a, like a moment? And nothing's going to be like Joel, but was there a like, oh man, not that person. Um, the death of Manny threw me for a loop mm. because it, it, he he literally got caught caught in mid sentence. What yep. a horrible way to die. You do. I mean, it feels like it feels like all the other characters they could see it coming, but um, but you uh, but but with Manny, it was really particularly rough because you knew at that time, at at that point in the game, you knew Manny was looking after his dad, and his mm -hmm. dad had some sort of some sort of uh, degenerative disease. I couldn't remember if it's Alzheimer's or dementia, or uh, something, but but or Parkinson's, but something was going on with him. So Manny was taking care of his dad. And the minute Manny fell, my first the first thought that popped in my head was, "Who's going to take care of his dad?" Which is something yep. that you shouldn't be thinking about when you're when you're picking off the bad guys one by one, right? Yep. Oh no, not with Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog's like, "F you, I'm going to make you care about all these efforts." Um, I would say even in the duality of uh, uh, as you had mentioned before, uh, the exact same thing with Jesse. Yeah, yeah, with Jesse. Yeah, same that, thing. that one caught me way off guard because he runs yep. out of the. Uh, the theater doors and just gets put down yep. yep one shot and then but but another death that really kind of uh impacted me and made me go wow ellie's got a lot to to deal with from a from a a moral perspective if you will uh -huh. was uh was when she kills um and the, the the character's names again are escaping me but it's the it's the two characters that were that were held up in the aquarium uh it's her ex who I thought was a douchebag to begin with. I'm sorry. I never, I never felt pity for him. I see him by it. Um, the guy was a douchebag. I'm sorry. If you're trying to impress a girl by, 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 by uh, who, you know, who's afraid of heights by taking her up into a Ferris wheel and then rocking the Ferris wheel and then, and then diving off of it. Nah, you're, you're not charming. You're not being charming. You're being a douchebag, but that guy and, um, and his girlfriend who was pregnant and you see L kill them both. And after she kills her, she looks at her and that's when she realizes that the, that the woman was pregnant and Elle's like, Oh, you know, I've, I've crossed a line here. I've crossed a major line here. Then you go back and play as Abby and you see that relationship from an entirely different perspective. Cause remember, 
Owen. Owen was the guy's name. Uh, Mel Owen, was the, the yeah. girl's name. And Mel. Thank you. Owen and Mel. Um, you see the relationship of Owen and Mel from an entirely different perspective, including the fact that Owen pretty much gets gets it on pretty hot and heavy with Abby while Mel is off doing something else. And you're just like, all these characters have got some issues. But but at the same time, that particular death, you know, when 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 you see Mel again, uh, I kind of I kind of I kind of nod and go, I know what's going to happen to her. And it's not it's not pretty. And now I'm seeing the, all the dynamics around them. And I'm just like, this is really, and that's, that was what I think makes the, the storytelling in Naughty Dog so superior. It is extremely complicated. It is way, it is extremely complicated. And, and, you know, you guys know how much I love playing really good, solid story driven games, you know, um, games like Bioshock games, like, uh, like, like the Tomb Raider series. They all are terrific stories, but The Last of Us completely uh, raises that bar to to an, to an astounding level, and that's that was so, so those those deaths kind of threw me for a loop, loop as well. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the game itself and and the playing in the game itself, and, I, and I'll have some other questions around that. But last kind of story point is. Um, how satisfied were you with the end of the story? Brandon, you want to lead that? Uh, I remember the the fight at the end, but I don't remember if that's like roll credits or if there's something else after that. The uh, there's one last thing where where L goes back to the goes back to the farm, and the farm is emptied. emptied oh, out that's right. For her yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah. And yeah. the last thing you see is the is the guitar and Ab and <laughs> I do it again, and L <clears throat> walking into the distance. You have no idea if she's going back to Jackson or if she's just going to be like Ronan and just wander, wander the countryside yep. or what. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very open ended. I think the the last fight between the two is is very heavy yeah. <laughs> it's characteristic of both of them like showing how Abby's grown how like she denies any sort of fight until like Ellie pulls her to her feet and is like no we're fighting uh, um, remember L threatens Lev threat Lev yeah. yeah the same way that Abby threatened again the duality of it at the same way that Abby threatened um uh, threatened her girlfriend, Dina. Uh, Nina, yeah, yeah. Dina, Dina, in the uh, in, in the in the theater. Yeah, same way. Same I, yeah. way. I think <clears throat> it definitely shows that they've changed, and Ellie knows like she wants revenge, but it's just going to cause more and more pain, especially to Lev. So it's a very understandably heavy ending and I think it's probably what I would have expected from it other than like the very open ended thing that, that of Ellie just walking off because at least the last one had a more understandable like there was a set direction mm -hmm. but this one can just be like if they make a third and they want to tell the story of Ellie again then there's a like any direction she could take so um, 
I have never wanted to not take part in a boss fight uh, than I did in this one. Yeah. I was when I was going into this final boss fight in The Last of Us, where Abby, where, where Abby is forced to face off with L. Um, throughout the whole thing, you can actually watch the clip in the re, in in the in, in my in my uh, on my YouTube channel. You can see it. Um, you can see it in that replay. I just go, no, it was very different. It was very different. Uh, panic from uh, the Poison Ivy fight. The um, the so 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 what uh, what 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 someone in my chat panic just mentioned was the was my reluctance of doing a boss fight the frustration that i was the reason i didn't want to do the i wanted to complete the boss fight in batman arkham asylum and even if i had completed it i would have said that wasn't worth it and i would have probably quit the game again anyway um that was something i, I, I that that was a boss fight that was just frustrating the boss fight at the end of the last of us just every fiber of my being was saying, I don't want to do this because I was exhausted. I was exhausted mentally about this. There was no good that was going to come of whomever, whoever died. And I just didn't want to do it. I was like, but I was already screaming at, 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 at L going, why are you going, going after her again? You got a good life. You're struggling with PTSD. I get that, but you have a good life what what is there to gain from this and um and then comes the moment i mean there was a moment where and and this is the contention that some people said well it wasn't true to her character and i'm like you're abs and 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 what they said was they said that a flash of joel suddenly has ellie going oh yeah killing is bad i shouldn't do that and i'm like you're not seeing the bigger picture and i totally disagree with that assumption because if you remember Yes, Ellie is killing Abby at one point, and then she flashes to Joel. But unlike what drove her to the fight to begin with, which was that final image of Joel lying there dead, the image that she flashes to Joel is where she said, I'm going to try to forgive you. And it was her extending the olive branch. And she was like, I have to work. I had to work to, to, uh, to forgive Joel. I've got to do the same thing with Abby. Otherwise, yep. we're gonna do this all over again. Well, it's it's also part, and she'd be causing the same pain. Yes, that was forced upon her to live. Right. Yeah. Right. That and was the thing that at um, a younger age. At a yeah. That no. was, and that was the thing that I had that it took me a while to sort of uh, sort of gather my thoughts around around the ending. Um, and, and it kind of, I kind of came down to essentially two conclusions. Um, one is pretty much jumping on what you were saying T, in that we never knew the full context of the last conversation Ellie had with Joel. Right. We never knew, like we had always, we, the entire game, we kind of saw Ellie pissed off at Joel for the decision that he made and for and uh, for all we know it was probably a very long time uh where they hadn't spoken uh they hadn't uh uh they hadn't done anything we knew that it, even at the beginning when uh ellie goes out with dina on patrol that um that sort of made you believe that things were okay uh with joel because she mentions that they're gonna uh, she's gonna watch a movie with joel that night and so like there was something there so but that at that point we didn't know that she had found out so it it was clever storytelling in that part 
but up until that and up until that final fight we did not know that final conversation and we had assumed that the final conversation even up to the point was that dance scene um where Joel intervened on uh on that uh that uh that bigot who uh, was getting upset right. about uh Dina and Ellie so you think that entire time it's based like she's on a revenge quest for for Joel because of just who she who Joel meant to her right uh and it just sort of and kind of uh, the same relationships that we all that we've grown up with with this game and with the first game but when you finally see that last conversation and that you exactly you said exactly like the f fact that she says I I don't know if I could like if I could forgive you for what you did but I would like to try right and that basically put everything in perspective for me and that's what sort of made me like realize what what Ellie was going through in the, in the battle that was going on in her mind of what to do about Joel uh, and a lot of people sort of think, well, it, like Ellie had it so good. Like, why, like, what, like, why would you do such a thing? You like, why would you still continue going on th this revenge quest? And, and it's not, and people have even said, that's not what I would do. The problem with that specific argument is that we don't know what Ellie would have, like, right. we don't know what anybody would have done because the problem with, with the problem with it is that they were born and raised in a post-apocalyptic world. You gotta remember, at the very, at the, at, the, at the first game, until we meet, like, when we meet Ellie for the first time, 20 years have gone have by. Passed. Right, right. Have passed. So she was born in a post-apocalyptic world and where survival uh, was all they knew. And so to, to me, I, I, I basically say, like, we don't know, we don't, we would never know what, what decisions we would make in that sense and when it comes down to survival and and family that means and the people you care about means more to them uh, probably than than they would for us because that's all that's all we got that's like we don't have the luxury of being able to go on the internet and meeting friends we just the only people we can get to know are the people that are around us and that as long as we can survive together we'll make it out okay so I yes, would I like uh, some people will say that can be that can be seen as lazy storytelling, but when you see it in that context, I, to I me would, that decision about Ellie going off again to to, to uh, for Abby makes total sense. I would I would honestly say the hill I would die on for this game is there this this uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things happening in the storytelling. Is it lazy? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, to not. I mean, like, like I said, I can't, I can't stress it enough. I, I felt like at that particular moment in that final boss fight of the last of us, when I, I just, I, I just didn't want to do it. I, 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 but I knew that if I didn't do this, the game would, the, the game would just, the game would not finish. And, and I found, um, I found everything about it. I mean, I would have been more disappointed if she had gotten back to the farmhouse and Dina was still there. I would have been, more, I, I would have been like that would, I would have not have bought that because even Dina was saying the same thing. What are you doing? You know, what are you doing? And I remember saying the same thing. I was in Dina's camp. I was like, yeah, Dina, what do you, you know, what is she doing? Like, you know, what is that? But, but at the same time, you're absolutely right, Steve. And I think that goes back again to what I was saying earlier about 
it being all in the title, The Last of Us. It's not just the, the survivors of this apocalypse. It's also what shreds of humanity remain in us. And that's what this was a story about. This was a story about, about um, it was a revenge tale, but it was also a, a, a morality tale. It was a, it was a tale about what are the limits of your humanity and wh when, when, have you, when do you reach that, that stopping point? When do you become as bad as the monsters that you're that you're that you're that you're fighting? And that was something that I just I I applauded for. Man, if you're asking, was I satisfied with the ending? Very much so. It was true to characters. It was true. To, it was it was true to character. It was, it was true to true to form, and um, just some of the tightest storytelling I've ever seen. I can only wish to be at that level of a writer, uh, you know. And I and I and I'm I now have a new bar to reach. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Geek Wolfpack Podcast, a member of the Geek Wolfpack Network. Check out our other podcasts and streams at facebook.com slash geekwolfpacknetwork. All original music used in this episode is proudly composed and performed by members of the Wolfpack. This podcast is protected by a non-commercial, no-derivative, share-alike United States 4.0 Creative Commons license. Find out more at creativecommons.org. Email us at thegeekwolfpackpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at geekwolfpackpod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekwolfpackpodcast, or leave us a voicemail at 540-987-0827. Until next time... Geek out.